Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 147 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. And my guest this week is Trevor Maxwell. Trevor, like myself, is a fellow stage four colorectal cancer survivor. And Trevor has done amazing work in giving men who are battling all types of cancer a voice by creating the website manuptocancer.com and the wildly successful and newly created the Howling Place Man Up to Cancer Facebook group, private Facebook group for men who are touched by cancer, patients, survivors, caregivers. And when I saw Trevor and his sidekick and my buddy Joe Bullock create this group and saw the response from around the world where I believe within the first week, there were over 200 men that joined the Howling Place, the Man Up to Cancer private Facebook group. It became so apparently obvious that there was this need out there for men to have a place where they can talk about what's going on with their cancer, can connect with other guys, talk quote unquote guy stuff. You know, it's it's not a big secret that many men are just not comfortable sharing what they're dealing with and life's challenges, particularly when it comes to cancer. And this group has certainly filled a void and it's all because of the work that Trevor has done to get this thing off the ground. As a side note, I also want to let you know that you typically hear me talk about the upcoming Get Your Rear and Gear events that are sponsored by the Colon Cancer Coalition. And I'm sure it's no surprise when you hear the news that uh, these events have been for the time being postponed because of the current COVID-19 virus. So as soon as those events start back up, we'll be sure to share the details of that information with you here on the We Have Cancer podcast. Getting back to this interview, join me now for my conversation with Trevor Maxwell. Trevor, welcome to We Have Cancer. I am so excited to have you on the show. We've been chatting online and Facebook friends and all that stuff, and I'm glad we were finally able to get connected here because you've got a lot I want to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, man, I am, I am really grateful to be here. Let me start out by saying thanks to you. This, what you do for our community is such a, it's such a positive impact. And I've been in the fight now for about two years and I can remember distinct points in my journey where I would listen to your show and listen to folks like Stacy Hurt, uh, Truett Taylor, Doug Dahlman, and really get that sense of togetherness and community and support. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, I, I appreciate that. And and thank you for doing what you have just started to do, which is where I want to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been involved with the colon cancer community, you know, for going on nine years now, actually, by the time this episode comes out, I will have passed my nine year cancer anniversary, as we like to say. And my first 
observation from the very first colorectal cancer conference I went to back in 2013. I'm walking around going, where's all the dudes? It's like, this is like all women. And then I go online and all the amazing Facebook groups that are out there, all women and all young women. And look, I'm, I'm going to be turning 60 this year, even though I feel like I'm 19 and my wife says I act like I'm 12, but, uh, (laughs) but I'm like, where's, where's all the guys. And then you come up with this idea to start you know, what initially a Facebook group for men dealing with cancer. Where did the idea come from, Trevor? Yeah, so Man Up to Cancer, the concept really started with the best and most fantastic woman in my life, which is my wife, Sarah. And she really pushed me and inspired me to, you know, and I'll come back to this, but she, she was the one who basically said, there's so many guys out there struggling with a diagnosis of cancer. They are suffering on their own. They're suffering in isolation. We see this online. We see this in real life. She's like, Trevor, you really need to do something for the men because it's not just about the men. It's about everyone who loves us. And so that's sort of the the genesis of it. But to, if I could, I want to take you back to late summer 2018. I was about six months into my diagnosis. I, I was diagnosed in March 2018 with what we thought at the time was stage three colon cancer. And I had a colon resection. I went through three months of KPOX chemotherapy. And then I scanned again in August. And turns out I had a metastasis in my liver that had been missed on my original scans. So I was diagnosed at that point. The late summer 2018, I was diagnosed uh, as stage four. And I bring you back to this point because I was an emotional wreck. My mental health had really spiraled down into a really dark place. And I distinctly remember, you know, one day in particular where I was on my, we had, so my wife, Sarah, and I have two daughters at the time, uh, Sage and Elsie, they're 12 and 10 time when I was diagnosed. And I was so depressed that I remember spending days at a time, this was when I was coming out of chemo, on the tail end of that, I would spend days at a time just basically curled up in a ball on their floor in their room. And I would just be clutching one a t-shirt belonging to each of them in each of my hands. And I would just be weeping. And I was, the grief and the sadness and the idea that just the idea that there was a potential that I was not going to be able to live to see them get through high school and all those milestones beyond that to see them grow up into adulthood, into careers, have um, grandchildren, sent me into a real clinical depression, and I was I was broken. So I take you there because since that time, and I'll, and I'll walk you through sort of how I climbed out of that, but since that time, I have been able to regain my mental health, even though my fight with cancer still continues. And I'm still, you know, facing that. I now have regained my mental health through the love of my wife and my kids and my community, both in real life and online, so that now I am able to start giving back. So so Man Up to Cancer, the genesis of it was of someone who went through the real darkness of mental health and then came out of it wanting to do something for others who are out there, maybe still in that place today. What made you, what was the motivation, Trevor, behind creating a community specifically focused on men? So as I, as I kind of, well, let me tell you what the breaking point was for me for my mental health and when I started to turn it around and I'll get there. 
So I, I had liver resection uh, toward Christmas 2018, and but my mental health was still really poor. And and my my wife and I were laying in bed one night, and she just goes to me, or you know, she's like, I, "We need you. We need you to you know start getting back to your roles as a husband and as a dad." no matter where this cancer is going, like you're still alive right now. You still have this time with us. And I was, I just said to her, I'm trying, I'm trying everything that I know to get back. I'm just, I can't get over this idea that, you know, they're going to remember me as sick. They're going to remember me incapacitated by these surgeries and going through chemo and being on the bed or being on the couch. And she just looks at me and she says, I'm not worried they're going to remember you as sick. I'm worried they're going to remember you as sad. So, you know, and I had never been a sad person. That's the thing. I'd always been a very outward person, someone who's thinking about others. And and being a dad and being a husband are the most meaningful things in my life. So to be at that point where I just was not engaged and present with them in the ways that we wanted to be was crushing. So that was kind of my Shawshank Redemption moment where, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. And I, I said, look, I can't climb out of this mental health pit overnight. But what I can promise you is that I'm going to do everything I can every day to get better and to be the husband and the dad that I want to be and that you all need me to be, regardless of where this cancer is taking us. And, and that's when I started reaching out. So putting myself out there, going out, going to group support, in real life, going to a counselor every week. I had always been walking, but I was just, I was like, let's double it up. Let's triple it up. How much can I move my body? You know, eating better and just really getting out of my shell and and reaching out and, and accepting help. So accepting help that was available to me in my community and online, started connecting with people and gradually just like, you know, like climbing a glacier, I started to turn things around. And so as I was able to start doing that, I also got motivation from, there's a, there's a Navy SEAL. His name is Jocko Willink. He's a former Navy SEAL commander. He was in the Battle of Ramadi, just a, an amazing American hero and, and badass. And one of my friends, Eric, sent me this link from Spotify one day, early 2019. He said, check out this song. This is, this is like a track by Jocko Willink where it's like spoken word. But it's over this guy, Akira, the Don, a DJ, put this track into music. And so I listened to the track and I listened to the whole record. And there was this, there was this amazing song called Unbroken. And it was about that it's okay to break. Like for the first time in my journey, someone had come into my life and been like, you know what? It's okay to break. It's okay to break psychologically. It's okay to break physically. It just means you have an opportunity to get back up and to show the world that what you're really made of. And for me to hear that from someone like that was huge because I had been dealing with a lot of shame, a lot of shame around my mental health, because not only was I struggling mentally, but when you look around our society and you see the way cancer patients are portrayed, especially male cancer patients, most of them are portrayed as these just relentlessly positive champions, people who are out there uh, running 5Ks and, and just all positive all the time. And I looked at my own response and my own mental health struggles, and I thought, man, I am failing at cancer. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
so it's kind of like so that shame comes into is like I didn't feel like I was being courageous or that I was that I was doing what or that I was responding in the way that I should. So Jocko and listening to you know your podcast, other inspiring people kind of made me reevaluate what courage looks like. And sometimes it just means showing up. Sometimes it looks like, you know, a shit show, but you show up and you do it anyways. And and so learning that really freed me up to be like, you know what? I may not respond to the way that I thought I should, but I'm getting through this. I've been through all these major surgeries and all this stuff, and here I am. And and then my mental health was really starting to improve. So the man up to cancer stuff, I started thinking about how can I get involved? I, I started getting involved in advocacy through First, I started learning about my disease a lot through the Colon Club, Colon Talk, and then through Colon Town, which really opened my eyes to patient-to-patient information and advocacy. But what I noticed right away was, as you said, the advocacy world in Cancerland is very dominated by females. You know, it's probably Colon Town is 80, as you know, it's probably 80% females, mostly patients, and then also caregivers, people who are trying to find solutions. Uh, for their husbands, their sons, their brothers. And we often ask them sort of, like you said, like, where are the men at? And a lot of times what we hear is, well, my husband's kind of burying his head in the sand and I'm trying to find out what he should do or or things like that. Or my, my husband, just, he doesn't want to deal with it or he's going through a mental health crisis or he's, you know, struggling with substance abuse. So there's all kinds of reasons why men aren't out there. And then adding on top of that, a lot of men just don't want to go into an advocacy group, you know, that is 80% women because they feel a little bit intimidated by that, to be honest. You know, it's a it's an environment where we have we have different issues, we have different biology, we have stuff going on that we might not feel comfortable sharing with, you know, that larger group. So, so then we got back to, you know, the thinking and, and my wife sort of encouraging me. My background's in journalism, so I'm a writer. I started to share my thoughts on this. I started publishing some newspaper articles, some I started my own blog, just started putting my voice out there and reaching out around this concept of of manning up to cancer. And I and I started using that phrase, man up to cancer, because because it is provocative. I did a so I just did this video on Facebook where I, I was sitting in the car at my daughter's uh, softball practice and I just taped myself on my iPhone talking about what I thought about man what it meant to man up to cancer. And I Put it out there, and and I was just flooded by all these responses. That was a, that was a great video. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, and so we, all these responses where people would be like, well, "What do you mean, man up? Do you just mean toughen up, or do you mean something else?" And and what I learned was that that phrase "man up" has a lot of baggage, and people bring their own stuff to it, which actually kind of excited me because I was like, "Hmm, this is cool. If I can get people talking about this and thinking critically about what this means, maybe it'll be a good hook to." bring people into whatever it was that I was going to do with it. So, so yeah. And then, so I just started getting tons of responses on Facebook to the video and then my other content. And I just decided on January 1st or end of December that I would start a, I started a couple things. The first was a Facebook group that is private. It's called the howling place. And it's just for men, patients, men who are caregivers, men who are friends to people going through cancer it's a male space for, for men who are impacted by cancer in some way. And I called it the Howling Place, and I built up this imagery and, and using this motif of the wolf, because I had been reading a, about wolves as social creatures and how they care for each other. And when one wolf is injured or sick, the other wolves in the pack 
make sure they circle around that wolf and encourage that wolf to health. And if that wolf dies, the other wolves actually mourn that loss and they provide kinship. And so part of it was serious. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like we need to be wolves for one another. Like we need to go through this together. And then part of it was just, you know, having fun with that imagery and like having a good time building this community because it, it, it was engaging me and, and distracting me from whatever scans I have coming up. And it was just a great, I thought it would be a project that could help others while also helping me. And then, you know, within a couple of days of starting this group, we had a couple hundred people joining from all around the world. It was pretty crazy, the initial response. And most of it, I got to give credit to, to my buddy, Joe, Joe Bullock from North Carolina, uh, came on right away as like my first, the first member of the Wolf Pack. And he's got a pretty extensive network in Cancerland, and he just was like going out there, being like, "Guys, come join this thing." And so, <laughs> literally within the first couple of days, we had people from all different types of cancer and from all over the world—Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Canada, UK—all um, across the U.S. who were coming in and saying, "Hey, this kind of fills this niche that we're looking for." And to me, that kind of spoke to, you know, that idea that. You know, and when I had been early on in my journey, when I had looked for male specific resources, like how to, you know, go through this as a dad, how to go through this as a husband, there wasn't much that I found. And I think the response to the Howling Place is just shows you that that there there is a need for that. And there might not be too much out there in terms of that sense of community. No question. And you mentioned Joe and he's been a terrific supporter of the podcast too. So shout out to both of our buddies. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm watching this thing from afar as you launched the howling place and it wasn't lost on me, the overwhelming response from, from the launch. And I was like, Holy crap. You know, Trevor launches this thing. And barely a week, he's got like 250 people join. And my reaction, you know, was, you know, initially was, you know, kudos to you and, you know, how cool is that? But I quickly went to what you just referred to. Trevor is like, there's obviously a tremendous need and a void out there for this kind of place. Yeah. You know, to get that many guys to jump in the pool with you so quickly right. from across the world. I mean, you know, it just speaks volumes that, you know, one of the guys I interviewed a year or so back said, you know, guys typically don't want to sit around in a circle and talk about their feelings, right? but, but they do like to hang together and, and, you know, invent a little and, and maybe, you know, transition the conversation from, you know, chemo today over to, Hey, you know, I said, the heck with it. You only live once. I'm going to go buy a motorcycle or what's your favorite <laughs> bourbon or, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. And, and you've, you've put together, you know, and, and I, it's kind of grown organically. You know, it, it's, it's so much more than just a support group. It's a, you've really right. well, launched a community here. And I think you hit the nail on the head in that there's, there's lots of disease specific groups out there where you can go to, science your cancer and to and to to learn about your cancer and to connect with other people at the real granular level of your disease and talk about your disease and and those groups are amazing and there's also a lot of groups out there for that like yeah that support around what you're going through with your cancer so when i started this thing my idea was that the way that we could be different 
in the Howling Place is that this is kind of like how I see it is like the the after hours lodge where guys just go to kick back. <laughs> and it's yes, you can talk about cancer and we do. And we talk about all the issues that come with it. But we all like you said, we also talk about our favorite food and drinks and our hobbies and our our families and our passions and interests and all that stuff that that we can just connect with, you know, as guys. And and I feel like there's a real space for that. And and the reason it works in terms of this cancer community is that I find that sometimes as a man, when you're out there in the real world and you and someone finds out you have cancer, in this day and age, sometimes it can put up walls between us right away. And I think what I mean is sometimes like the language around it. So if someone finds out you have cancer and they might not know how to talk to you. They may be worried about saying something wrong or offending you or um, asking you the wrong question or not asking you a question. Like all of a sudden there's this weird thing between you, the person with cancer, and then the other who, who doesn't have cancer. And, and as the cancer person, you try to get beyond that and you try to you know welcome them in and, and include them and have those honest conversations. But sometimes as someone with cancer or someone who's been impacted with cancer or a caregiver, you just want a place like like the bar, like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Everybody everybody gets it. You don't have to worry about language or offending or, or all those little things that can sometimes put walls up between people. You can just relax, kick back, and, and shoot the shit. <laughs> what was Sarah's reaction to the, the launch of the Howling Place and the response that you received? Well... It, she was, she's all for it, of course, but she, the whole thing started with her idea to have me write a book. Cause I'm a writer. I'm, I'm a journalist again. I've, I've been writing forever. And so we had talked about doing this book, man up to cancer, which I am writing. <laughs> I'm not finished with, but I'm close to halfway through. So I was doing this writing of the book and then she was like, you know, you got to get this book written. And I started thinking, yeah, I do have to get the book written, but I think there's something more here. I think there's a need for community. You know, yeah, there's definitely a need for a book and, and writing and talking about it. But I think there's also just a need for an actual community. So I was like, I want to do a Facebook group that's for men. I want to do a Facebook page that's open to men, women, everybody. So for people who are impacted by cancer and their care, caregivers and allies. So that's out there. I have the, the public Facebook page. And then I also wanted to do a website, which as a content creator, I could do Q&As about people in our community. I could do blogs. I could have guest blogs down the road, maybe even a podcast, something similar to what you do, you know, man up to cancer thing. So really put out some content out there around this community with, again, the whole idea being men going through this together, men not isolating, men having some resources to feel like they're not alone. And so just in the past month, you know, those Facebook things have come to life. And then my amazing collaborator, Kellen Wellborn up here in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, has done a kick-ass logo and website that just launched within the past couple of days. And so all of that is coming together in a way and, and more quickly than I ever could have imagined. And Sarah is Sarah and the girls are super excited because they see me having this sense of purpose and having something that I'm doing that's engaging me and helping others. So it's really just a win-win all around. And, and they know how big a part of this they are. You know, I wouldn't be doing any of this. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be speaking to you about it without them getting me through 
the darkest of times. What's your vision down the road for Man Up to Cancer and the Howling Place, Trevor? It's a work in progress. <laughs> I think I think it's unlimited, really. I mean, it's kind of like building an airplane in flight. Like before I had cancer, I would have thought, you know, well, there's a real need out there for men going through cancer and and the people who love them to get support and to have like this website and resources and this community, you know, someone will definitely do that. And and now it's like, oh, wait a minute. I, I can be. Someone did. Yeah, I can be someone to, to do that. So, you know, it's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Right. So, so I think, I think the, what I'm, what I'm learning is that it's going to be collaborative. I think the community is going to drive it. You know, the people who are part of the howling place and who are part of the, public Facebook page and now the website are going to dictate what kind of content they want and need to support. What I do is I just refocus myself back to the central problem, which is, and science shows this, there's all these studies out there that shows that men tend to suck at dealing with cancer. They isolate, they withdraw, all of which leads to bad problems, bad medical outcomes, broken relationships, um, you know, nothing that anybody wants. So, so that's the core problem. And so one way to address it is to just, is to build community and what that looks like in the future. I'm not sure right now. I just want to continue to put out content on the website and through Facebook and to keep growing, you know, slow, organic growth of these communities and the overall community, the overall man up to cancer community, and then, you know, see what happens from there. But I think right now, I think what's resonating is just this feeling of camaraderie and and a feeling like that we have, you know, another, and people have plenty of resources. I just see this as another resource, hopefully with a different type of angle and and maybe a little bit more edge than you see in some of the cancer land advocacy world. So, you know, cause I, I do want to shake things up. I do want to change how men go through cancer. I want men to feel, have, have permission to do this together. So that gets back to the man up thing is that when you hear the phrase man up, sometimes you think, well, toughen up, you know, just go through this on your own. Don't burden others, you know, just, you know, be a man. And I'm really flipping the script on that and saying, yeah, you're going to need your toughness. You're going to need your weapons, your battle axes, like bring that. Absolutely. But you know what? (laughs) You're also going to need some vulnerability and the willingness to accept help. And, and your big loving heart, because you got to expand your heart as you go through this, you know, you you need your whole human self. And a lot of men, a lot of American men and elsewhere have not had that permission to be their whole selves. They've been told it's not okay to be emotional or to accept help. And, and so the big, the big picture and what I really want to do is to give people role models that, that allow them to do that. Be whole humans, tackle this with your courage and your heart. Well, you are well on your way to achieving that goal. And as part of the wolf pack, uh, Trevor challenged me to come up with a wolf name. So I chose Apollo because Apollo is amongst other things is known for uh, both healing, which uh, we all could use uh, me, me, especially right now and you as well, yeah. as well as the, uh, as well as an affinity for music, which I tell people all the time, music always touches my soul. Yeah, so, yeah I love it. I love Apollo. And I love the fact that, well, first of all, I'm psyched that you're part of the group. 
because it's private, I was not able to say that. But now that you've shared it, <laughs> I can say how happy we are to have you in the group. And then it just it's awesome to have people with so with, with such different backgrounds, uh, different personalities. It is it, it's a mix. But but what I've found what I've found, you know, it's still early on. So we're in the honeymoon period, but we don't really have any issues. I mean, everyone gets along. Everyone posts awesome stuff. And, and but we're all coming from different backgrounds and we all coming from different states of minds and different parts of our journeys, too. I mean, there's many of us in active treatment, but we have people in there who are long term Ned. And we have caregivers, men who are caring for their wives. We have friends like I've got some buddies in there who don't have cancer, but I consider part of my caregiving team. That's awesome. So again, you can learn more about the tremendous work that Trevor is doing, visiting his website at manuptocancer.com. And if you are a guy and are touched by cancer, go search out The Howling Place on Facebook, um, request to join, and uh, Trevor or Joe will uh, review you and uh, we'll, we'll get you in as part of the pack. Trevor, thanks for making the time to share your story and for just, you know, you, you're really off to something really special here that's going to have and already has had, I know for not just me, for other folks, a real positive impact and help them, you know, getting through their cancer experience. So all the best to you, my friend. I appreciate it. I mean, that's what it's all about, that, that togetherness. So all the best to you. And yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thanks. Be well, my friend. All right, you too. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer. And thank you to our sponsors, H2ORS and the Colon Cancer Coalition for your support. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.